0: Welcome today to One Prayer Churches all over the world. It is a tremendous honor to partner with you in one of the greatest movements on the planet right now. Imagine close to 2,000 churches right now standing together as part of the answer to Jesus's prayer. We are so thrilled to, uh, to share with you. I, uh, I'm thankful that you're standing with your pastor and that you are, you're giving to make a difference. You're serving in your community and you are sharing and it is a true joy to stand together united across denominational lines to say that Jesus Christ is our Lord and it's great to be all with all of you. My name is Craig Rochelle. I am the pastor of LifeChurch.TV. I love my wife, I love Jesus, I love my kids, I love most of the people that go to my church And I hate cats. Just thought I'd cover the basics. I really do. I hate cats with all of my heart. They are not Christian. Dogs are Christians. Cats are not. If you do not believe me and you have a cat, wait until your cat comes up to you, rubs its little self-centered body up against your leg, sticks its tail up, walks by, and shows you its backside. That is not a Christian thing to do at all. Oh, I hate cats. Now, I've been criticized by a lot of people for my stance on cats. I'm not cruel to cats. I want you to know, in fact, we do have a cat at my house, and the reason we do is because my kids love cats, and I love my kids enough to let them have a cat. It is an outdoor cat who is actually female, and believe it or not, now, because my cat is female and was not fixed, we now have seven cats, one cat plus six kittens. We don't even know who the father is, which tells you about the morals of this cat. <laughs> Uh huh, see what I'm saying? But here's the crazy thing I have six kids and now I have six kittens. Can we keep them? Can we keep keep them? Maybe because I love you just this one. Two. 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 We'll talk about two. I know what some of you are thinking right now, I'd like one, but I live in another country. Just email us, I'll ship it to you, free shipping, <laughs> and you can have any one of those cats. Well, happy Father's Day to those of you who are fathers. Our theme for this year's one prayer is called God Is, and we're looking at some of the different attributes or qualities of Who God is. Today, I want to look at one of the roles of who God is. If you're taking notes at all of our one prayer churches, would you write this down? God is Father. All of our one prayer churches, would you say that phrase aloud? Who is God? God is Father. Isaiah chapter 64, verse 8. This is the word of God. Scripture says, yet, O Lord, you are our what? Say it aloud. You are our Father, we are the clay, you are the potter, and we are the work of your hand. You are our Father. In Matthew 6, verse 9, when Jesus was teaching his disciples how to pray, he said, this is how you pray. This, then, is how you should pray. And he prayed our what? Say it aloud. He prayed, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Who is God? God is? One more time. God is? father. In fact, when Jesus would talk to his heavenly father, he would actually call him one of the most intimate phrases uh, in his original language, and that is he would call God Abba, A-B-B-A, Abba. Abba is an Aramaic term which means daddy. It means papa. It means Abba. It's one of the most intimate terms that one human being can call another. And when he talks to his, his heavenly father, it's abba it's it's literally daddy 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 god father in fact what's interesting a lot of people have done studies about the very first words that babies will say and this is really interesting to me no matter what the language in most different countries around the world the first or one of the first words that babies will learn to say is dada or papa or Abba, across all these different cultures and languages, one of the first words that little babies will learn to say is dada. It's almost as if out of a little child they're showing their need for a father. God is father. With six kids, um, I can remember each time each one would say it for the first time. Da da. And my my heart would just is oh this is so da-da. And, and those of you who are fathers or moms, you can remember mama, mama. It, it's, it's an intimate term that just a phrase that just draws your heart in. Da-da. I used to train my kids when they were little. I would say, who's the greatest of them all? And they'd say, da da. Da-da. And we did this for years until one day one of my kids, I said, who's the greatest of them all? And they said, Mama. And they all laughed. And so now that's all they'll ever say if I ask that question. I, I, uh, of my six kids, my oldest boy, his name is Sam. And we were talking one day and I asked him, hey, buddy, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I never will forget, his eyes got big. He said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to be what you are. And I thought, wow. This is this is cool. I said, so son, you you want to be a a preacher one day just like me. He said, No, daddy, I want to be what you are. I want to be a great daddy. And that's what I did. I was like, oh, it's it's that just it it's now he's eight. Okay, if he says it when he's eighteen or thirty-eight, then we know I'm doing something right. He's only eight. But it, it was a great compliment to say, I want to be like you. I want to be a great daddy. Well, today on this Father's Day, I want to talk to you about the greatest daddy who's ever lived. I want to talk to you about Abba God, our heavenly father. Some of you, if you had a a great father, or maybe you say, well, my dad wasn't quite as involved or as engaged. I want you to look past whatever kind of earthly father you had and look to our heavenly father as we learn about and experience the greatest father who ever lived. Lived. We're going to look at Luke chapter 15, we're going to start in verse 11 as Jesus was on a roll telling different stories about the love of the Father. And this story is often known as the prodigal son. Now, for those of you who've been around the church world for a while, you've probably heard about the prodigal son. What Bible translators will do is they will put up at the top of stories in the Bible a little subtitle that wasn't actually in scripture, it's just a subtitle to help title the story. And this story is usually called the prodigal son or the lost son, which, in my opinion, is not the best title for the story because it's actually a story about two sons, and both are very important. But in my opinion, the most important player in the story is not one of the two sons, but instead is actually the father who represents our heavenly father. Let's look at Scripture, and when we come to an underlined word in your notes, you're welcome to say it aloud just to highlight who this story is most about. Uh, Verse 11, Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, what did he call him? He said, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. In other words, I want my inheritance now, give me the Corvette, give me, the, uh, give me my money, I'm going out, I'm tired of your rules, I wanna do my life on my own. Verse 13, not longer after that, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off for a distant country and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. Okay? If he was living today, it would have been in drugs and the guy's messing with prostitutes and it's probably stealing and he's, he blows all of his inheritance, boom, overnight. Verse 14, after he'd spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. Skip over to verse 17. Scripture says, when he came to his senses, he said, how many of my home? he said, how many of my Fathers, hired men, have food to spare, and here I am, I'm starving to death. Here's what I'll do, I'll set out and go back to who? I'll go back to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. Verse 20, so he got up, and who did he go to? He went to his father, but while he was still a long way off, who saw him, the Bible says his Father saw him and was filled with compassion for him, and he ran to his son and threw his arms around him and kissed him. Beautiful story, verse 21. Then he said to him, what did he call him? He said, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But, who spoke back? But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast, full-blown party. We're going to celebrate. Verse 24, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they begin to celebrate the unconditional, undeserved love of the father. Now, on this Father's Day, those of you who are dads, I'm guessing that you're a little bit like me. When I was a kid, um, I idolized my dad. And if you had a dad, you tend to want to, and after a while you realize your dad's human and, and all that, but I idolized my dad and I would tell all of my friends My dad can beat up your dad. Did anybody else do that at all? My dad can beat up your dad, and I believed my dad could. I honestly believed he could. To this day, I still think he could. He's close to 70. I still think he could whip me. I don't know why, but he's got that old man something. There's something about your dad. He could just whoop your tail, and that's just kind of, I'd say, my dad could beat your dad. My dad's tougher than your dad. Never one time did I ever say, hey, guys, my daddy, he's more sensitive than your dad's. I didn't do that. Okay? Because as guys, we don't tend to. Do, I never once said, "Hey, I promise you, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, my daddy gives better butterfly kisses than your daddy." I did not do that. Why? Because as a son, we like to see our father as strong and invincible. And many of us, when we think of God, we have no problem seeing God as being powerful. But there is a softer side of our Heavenly Father that this story illustrates beautifully. And if we don't know God in the breadth and beauty of who He is, we're gonna miss some of the most special attributes of God our Father. I wanna show you today three attributes of God the Father illustrated in this story. Who is God? If you're taking notes, the first thing I wanna show you through this story is that God is a patient Father. All of our one prayer churches, could you say that aloud? Who is God? God is a patient Father. Illustrating his patience in Second Peter 3, 9, Scripture says, what is God? Would you say that phrase aloud with me? God is what? God is patient with you. Why, Scripture says, because he doesn't want anyone to perish, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. Isn't that a beautiful verse? God is patient with you because He doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Those of you who are parents, you know how difficult it is to wait on your children to come around to doing the right thing. But when you watch this Father in Luke 15, that is exactly what He did. He waited and He waited and He waited. And he waited some more. Now, certainly he probably heard word about what his son was doing. There were probably rumors going around, you know, your son wrecked the car and he's smoking weed and he's going to the loose women and, you know, he's at that fraternity party and he's, he's getting into debt and he robbed the liquor store. All this kind of stuff. That certainly the father was hearing the bad reports back. But check out what the father didn't do. He loved the son enough not to interrupt the downward and purposeful spiral that his son was experiencing. And don't you know that with everything in him, the father wanted to intervene. The father would have likely wanted to come to the rescue. If he heard about his, his son being hungry, surely he would want to say, hey, I know I gave you what was your, but I'll hear some more. I, I, I want to come in and I, I want to, you know, you're working at a pig farm? That's ridiculous. I, I want to come in and, you know, will you come back home? I beg you. But the father loved him enough to wait. You, you can almost picture the father on the edge of town every day looking, up, looking off in the distance. going, I wonder if today's going to be the day. I, I wonder if today is going to be the day when he comes to his senses and comes home, I wonder if today is the day when he wakes up and says, wait a minute, a bad day at the father's house is better than a good day in sin. I wonder if today is going to be the day. Could it be today, not today. Maybe tomorrow, not tomorrow. Maybe the next is today. Look, every day, is he coming? Is that him in the distance? The love of a patient father. Here's what blows me away. There are some of you that right now, God the Father is looking. Is today going to be the day? Oh, they're in church. They're they're hearing about my. Maybe today is the day that some of you are going to come to God. Maybe today is the day that you're going to hear his voice calling Maybe it's the day that you're gonna crash hard on the bottom and say, I I can't take it anymore. I'm coming back to God. The patience of a father who waits. Maybe today is the day for you. Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe that's one of the reasons why God put together this whole one prayer thing with, with hundreds of churches in countries around the world because he cares that much about you. Maybe today is the day. He's waiting, he's waiting. Our Heavenly Father, he is a very patient Father. This, this is what Paul said, First Timothy 1.16. Now you have to understand that Paul described himself as the chiefest of sinners. He said, I'm the worst sinner. And, and the reason is because he was a bad sinner, okay? He didn't just go and say bad words and stuff like that. He went and killed Christians. Before he knew Christ, he was killing followers of Christ. That's bad. So here's what he said, 1 Timothy 1:16. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy So that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his what? Would you say it aloud? All of our one prayer churches, Christ Jesus might display his unlimited patience as an example for those who would believe on him and receive eternal life. And here we are some 2,000 years later saying if God could receive him, if God waited on Paul, then maybe his patience could be long enough for me God is a patient father the second attribute of God that, that I hope we'll, we'll see in this story is this number two God is also a forgiving father all, all of our one prayer campuses would you say that loud who is God God is a forgiving father in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 and 8 here's what scripture says in him in Christ Christ We have redemption through his blood. What is it called? Say that next phrase aloud. It's called the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. In him, we have the forgiveness of sins. And as you read through this story about this father's love, what do you see the son do? Well, the son sins against the father over and over again. Imagine the father lived a lifetime of integrity and saved up enough money to have an inheritance for his son. The son asks for it, hey, I want mine, give me your credit cards. He maxes it out, doesn't pay him off, goes, and the whole time with the father's name, carrying the father's name, he totally abuses the father's name, disgraces him with his living, sleeps with prostitutes totally totally abuses the father's good name and what right thing did he do to earn his father's forgiveness not a single thing scripture says he just came to his senses and decided to go home he didn't work for it he didn't apologize he didn't say i'm the biggest loser he just came home and said i am unworthy and immediately What did the father do? The father took off his robe and put the robe around the filthy son and said, I can no longer see the shame, the sin of your guilt. Now I just see the robe, and you look clean. He said, let's kill the big, fatted calf. Now, for those of you that are vegetarians, I want you to hear this and be corrected from the Lord God (laughs) on high. Kill the fatted calf, red meat, steak, medium rare, Glory to God in heaven on high. If you feel like I'm being overly passionate about this, it is because I've been eating rabbit food for so long. Give me a dead cow. Sorry, okay? So anyway, off that deal. So he has he this kill the calf, big, big party. My son is back and totally forgiven, totally forgiven. There's a story that's always been meaningful to me. It's um about a father who was having a really big challenge with his son. His son was generally a good kid, but his son would constantly disrespect his mother, this guy's wife. He would be just very disrespectful uh, to his mom. And so the dad said, son, here's what you need to understand. There will be no more disrespecting your mother. The next time you do this, I don't care, you're as big as me, you're 17 years old, I'm going to treat you like you're six, I'm going to take my belt off, I'm going to turn you around the backside, and I'm going to give you 10 licks that you will never forget because you are not going to disrespect your mother ever again. Now, let me just pause and say I acknowledge a lot of you are going, oh, that's child abuse and all this kind of stuff, and you don't believe in spanking and all that. That's, that's, that's your deal, okay? When I, The way I was raised in our home back in the day, we got spanked. When we went to school, if we did something wrong, the coach would pull out a paddle this big with holes in it and whip you till you couldn't sit down for a month. And if you survived it, you got to sign your name on it, and it was kind of like a, a badge. So there are like all these... These, these paddles all over the world with my name on it, <laughs> and that's why I'm not sitting down in that chair right now, okay, and my dad would spank us too. It was just total, that's what we'd do, and it wasn't the spanking, that would get me as much as it was the anticipation of when dad got home. Because whenever I did something wrong, I immediately became my father's son. Okay, you know what I'm saying? I, I wasn't, didn't belong to my mom. Wait till your father gets home, and when he comes home, guess what your son did? And then my dad, who would spank me, would just take off his belt. And it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen because it would make this sound like a sword coming out of the sheath. It would be it'd just, this, this, <laughs> and then he would, Loop it around and make this popping noise. Pop! That's all I needed, man. After that, you'll need to spank me. I'm calling on Jesus. I'm repenting of everything there. And whatever you think about it in my life, it was effective. This father says to his son, No more disrespecting your mother. And guess what the son did? Guess what he did? You guessed it. He disrespected his mother another time. And the dad said, That's, that's enough. Come over here, son. And he said, Ten licks so hard, you're never gonna forget this. And the father was about to discipline his son when all of a sudden he said, you know what? Here's what we're gonna do. You're going to spank me. I love you so much, the punishment's gonna stand, but I'm gonna take the punishment for you. And the father took off his shirt and put his hands on the table and said, son, I want you to hit me as hard as you can 10 times. And the son said, I can't do that, Dad. And he said, no, that's the punishment, and the punishment's going to stand. And the son kind of half-heartedly hit his dad, and his dad said, that one doesn't count. The punishment is ten times as hard as you can. And through the tears, the son lashed out at his father time after time after time. And the father took the punishment for his son, which is exactly what God did for us he became one of us in the person of his son Jesus and Jesus became sin for us on a cross and shed his blood and rose again so when you hear the forgiveness of your sins you understand what it cost God the Father his only son we have a God who desires so much to forgive us of all of our filth that he took the punishment for us. He is a forgiving father. Look at what scripture says in Isaiah 43, verse 25. God says this, he says, "'I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions, "'for my own sake and remembers your sins.'" What does the Bible say? "'Remembers your sins no more.'" He does not remember your confessed sins. There are very few things God cannot do. One of the things that God cannot do is he cannot remember your sins that are under the blood of Jesus. He is that good of a father. He's a father who is waiting. Maybe today will be the day. Maybe today will be the day that you will come home. Maybe today will be the day that I can forgive you. He is a patient Father, He is a forgiving father. And number three, if you're taking notes, he is also an intimate father. He's an incredibly intimate father. Look at verse 20, the second half of the verse. When, when the son was coming home, Scripture says this, but while he, the son, was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. And so what did he do? The Bible says he what? He, he ran to his son. He threw his arms around him, and he kissed him. Here is a picture of God running toward one of his own. Now, a lot of people don't understand that in the life of Jesus, a man would have been wearing a robe. That's what they they wore, and the robe would have had a slit, down the side and so that he could work and not be hindered. But a man would never ever run or even jog because if he did so, he would then expose his leg and he would be considered a shamed man. He would be totally shamed by exposing his leg. But here's what this loving, patient, forgiving, intimate father does. When he sees the son who sinned against him coming home, he says, I don't care what anyone else thinks. And he full-on Dashes toward his son. Then what does he do? He embraces him with the most intimate and meaningful hug. He's an intimate father. I always thought. To be close to my dad, I need to perform for him that 's what I thought i was so I was so confused I, I didn't understand that he would love me for who I was, not for what I did. It took being a father to understand it I, 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 My second daughter, her name is Mandy, and she 's an exceptional speller. She can spell words that i can 't even not even know how to look them up. So she won again her regional spelling bee recently, and she went to the state competition with about sixty other kids and every time she spell, I go "Oh. She'd make oh, and and she stayed in. She's in the top 40, and in the top 30, and in the top 20, and then the top 15, and the top 10. And then all of a sudden, there were only three kids left, and she was one of the three. And then the two got out, and my daughter was the last one up, and she had one more word for the gold. And I was telling myself. When she wins, don't cheer, don't shout, don't embarrass her, don't jump up, don't stand on the table, do not do anything that will make her hate you for the rest of your life. And she went to spell the champion, to be the state, to to go to Washington, D.C., and she missed it. And she ended up not winning that day. Well, one of the prizes that she really wanted was a video iPod. Do you know how much those things cost? If you know anything about me, there ain't no kid of mine getting a $250 video iPod. (laughs) I'm like, dude, if she'd have won, she'd have gotten it. Oh, too bad, you know. And my heart, my heart just just broke for her because I loved her so much. We were driving home, and I faked like I needed to get something. I drove into a big box store, and I just went in. and I said, video iPod, give it to me. Didn't even look at the prize. Took it out. And, and I, I gave it to her because I had to help her know that it didn't matter how she performed. I'm just crazy about her. Just crazy about her. Just crazy about her. And there comes a point in your life when you realize, well, I didn't do everything just right. And God says, You have no idea what I'm willing to give to you to show you just how much I love you. An intimate. Father. He is patient. Maybe today is the day. He is forgiving. Maybe today is the day he can forgive you. He is intimate. Maybe today is the day that you can lose yourself in an embrace from heaven. (laughs) As God says, my child who was gone, is home again. On this Father's Day, I publicly and proudly honor my father and say, Dad, happy Father's Day. And my children with their cats <laughs> honor me and say, Daddy, happy Father's Day. But most importantly, I say to Abba, our Father, happy Father's Day. You, O oh God, are the best Abba that we could ever ever have all of our campuses together in prayer would you pray with me God would you speak to all of these one prayer churches today speak to us individually show us your love as you're praying at all of our one prayer churches I just, I just want to just call it like it is and say there are those of you and you you are here because God wanted you here some of you you, you walked with God intimately before you knew him. You were in fellowship with him. But something happened, and you wandered away. And you're realizing that it's not so good to be away from God. And, and you're wondering, well, if I come back, will he receive me? If I come back, will he forgive me? If I come back, well, what, what will other people say? And I want to say to you right now, you are here because God is waiting on you, you are here because God is pursuing you, you are here because God loves you, and it is time for you to come home. There are others of you that you you barely even know the story of God, and, and you've lived your life far away from God, but there is something today that's drawing you towards Him, and let me tell you what that is. That is His Holy Spirit reaching out to you. That is His voice speaking to people all over the world. That is his presence loving you and drawing you unto himself so that through his son and by his spirit he can reveal just who he is to you. He wants to be the father that you've always longed for. A father greater than any father you could ever know on earth. A father without fault, sin, or blemish. A father who is all good, all there, all love, and reaching out to you. At all of our One Prayer Churches, there are those of you, you know right now, you've strayed from him, and it's time to come home. He's waiting for you. There are others of you who say, I, I'm coming to him for the first time. I'm turning from my sin, and I'm turning toward him, and I'm calling on the name of his son, Jesus. Jesus, would you forgive me? I'm coming home. I'm unworthy to be called your son. I'll simply be a slave. And he says, no, you're always my son. You're always my daughter. I gave my life so you could know me. All of our One Prayer Churches, those of you today who say, that's me. I'm coming home to him. I'm coming home. I've been away, but I'm coming home i've I've never known him but i'm coming home today is the day i'm coming home jesus would you forgive me make me new today is the day of your salvation all of our one prayer churches if that's you today would you just lift up your hands high right now and say yes i am coming home to him lift your hands at all of our churches and say yes that is me today and as you do so all of the one prayer churches with hands all over the place would you just together all voices together pray this prayer aloud. Would you just pray? Heavenly Father, I am coming home. I know I'm a sinner. I am totally unworthy, but I thank you that you love me. I thank you for your forgiveness. Would you be my Lord and the Savior of my life? Jesus, I put you first. Thank you for forgiving me Thank you for cleansing me. Fill me with your spirit so I could live for you. I'm coming home. Thank you for new life. In Jesus' name I pray. All of our one prayer churches, would you worship and celebrate the goodness of God through Christ?